your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And today we have the one and only Connor McGahee on the show, and that will be for the duration of this episode. Very excited. Uh, reached out to him, and he was very gracious in saying he would absolutely come on. And we cover a lot of ground in this discussion. So I was going to break it up into two different episodes, but I think it's just better listening to it all at once. So this is a little bit longer episode than most of the Avalanche shows that I do, but I I didn't want to break it up and, and have it go over the course of multiple days just because the conversation just flows and uh, it's just great. He's so engaging and you just, you just want the conversation to keep going. So uh, apologize if it's a little bit longer than normal, but I don't do this all the time. Uh, So sit back and enjoy it because uh, we cover a lot of ground just from broadcasting in general to Doc Emmerich to of course the avalanche and even kind of touch on, movies and music a little bit so uh enjoy it because i absolutely did so uh but first we're going to hear from bet online before we jump in with connor so betonline.ag it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action football might be over but the nba college basketball and the nhl are in full swing bet online even covers the award shows tv shows and reality tv Real-time updated odds and prop bets on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. So head over to the website, sign up today, and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So let's not really wait any longer. Quick little break. And when we come back, the one and only voice of the Colorado Avalanche, Connor McGahee. All right, and we are back. And as promised all week, I've been uh, promoting this since uh, he responded to me uh, and been counting the days. So joining me now, uh, the voice of the radio play-by-play for the Colorado Avalanche, you know the voice, you love the voice. Connor McGahee is joining the show. Connor, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Chris, love might be a stretch, but uh, tolerate <laughs> the voice is probably the word you were searching for. Uh, have you have you come down from the latest Avalanche win? Uh, oh, that, well, that, that was that was and if you haven't seen the video of you, <laughs> uh, go and find that because it's, that, it's that's just what is so great about you. It's just it's so. You, you react like we all react in our in our living rooms. Well, I, you know, I've said that from the beginning because we were talking before we started today and I, I've been in this state and around this team since the beginning. I have been a fan, even though I've worked inside other organizations, I've worked in other states. I've been a fan of this team since the beginning. And so that's why organically it just sort of happens. And 
video from from the Vegas game. Uh, so Jesse Trujillo, who is uh, engineer extraordinaire, I don't think I've ever met a harder working person uh, in this business than Jesse Trujillo. He uh, he's doing the engineer for the broadcast, so he's got all all kinds of technology going. He's got a laptop and a phone which is the mixer like we don't we don't use an actual mixer with knobs anymore this is all done via software and basically he's yeah. he's adjusting levels from from vegas on his iphone for crying out loud and then really he's, and yeah it's it's unbelievable and then he's filming that I, I again i had no idea until i actually get home and then you know my <laughs> the phone starts going off and then i said what what in the world is this and it, it was actually really funny but um yeah. Where are you set up? Because they, they look like, I mean, you look like you're in some dungeon somewhere. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of uh, Milton Wadhams uh, <laughs> from Office Space coming my way. Like, uh, did you <laughs> did you refuse to give up the stapler? Right. No, that's, just the, that's the side view of the, the TV broadcast booth at Ball Arena, formerly Pepsi Center. So it's right. not the most flattering angle. If you looked at it from... The other side, you'd see the camera, and if you turn to the right, you'd see the playing surface. Okay, down there. All right. So that's a... when we have double header nights because the Nuggets played in Boston. Uh, they had the radio studio, what we call the cage, downstairs, and so they were there. So we hook a monitor up upstairs in what has turned into my radio booth this year, um, because okay. TV they've constructed their own booth in a suite downstairs i've taken over the tv booth upstairs and it's actually been a nice setup but oh, cool you're right the, the the side of it with the 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 cork board on the left and right. the, the piping and everything it's not the most glamorous it, thing but it actually is a nice setup I like right it. yeah just a bad angle so <laughs> yeah which is sort of all of me except for the back of my head which is the best <laughs> angle so the, the video works out oh uh, it was great uh so for someone in in broadcasting do you like avoid like like hot beverages and and hot food and things like that so you don't like burn the vocal cords or burn the tongue like because that's like your money maker so sure are, are you cautious of things like that cautious would be a good word okay. i don't avoid because there are some nights and some buildings where coffee and or tea is necessary sure. um there what where were we it was new jersey that's exactly where it was i remember because instead of going to morning skate, going back to the hotel and coming back for the game that night, I just elected to stay in the building all day. Um, I think we were going into the city the next day to play the Rangers, the Islanders, one of those one of those trips. But I elected instead of going back for another 50 minute drive to the hotel, I was just going to stay at the rink. But during the day and throughout the the early stages of the night at New Jersey, it was just frigid cold. I felt mm. like Dr. Evil, at, you know, walking out of his, <laughs> his uh, little pod. Um, and so, I mean, you needed a hot beverage, to be honest. And mm. uh, so there, there are some times where you avoid it, but uh, and, and room temperature water is right. always the best for for the vocal cords i don't have to tell you that you're that you're, a, true. you're a you're a podcast veteran yes, but it's not cold water it's room temperature water but i i find it hard to say no to a cup of coffee at the same time it's it's near impossible so but you gotta yeah. be careful you, you definitely yeah, you do careful. you do yeah. Ca like you said ca a cautionary tale right <laughs> is uh, the way to put it uh any do you have any like superstitions any anything nope. that you do nothing no nope. really nope i I don't even do the same thing for prep every game. Um, so I, it's not, it's not how it is. I mean, the sport evolves on its own. Each game is different. Each 
arena is different. Even when you come into your home rank, it, the day is different. So I, I, you have, I like to shoot from the hip in a lot of, in a lot of ways. And so yeah. that's why I don't, there are some people, no matter what they do, where they have to have all their ducks in a row and things in order in order to, to perform. I just didn't want to ever put myself in that position because you're going to get into scenarios where you have technical issues, where again, the, the temperature may be off. Your, your IFB doesn't work. It, there, there's a, a myriad of things that could go wrong, but you still have to go on with the show. So I, I never really wanted to put myself in a spot where, okay, this environment has to exist in order for me to do my job properly. So that's, that's why it's superstition. I don't really believe in it to begin with, but as far as my job duties, it, it, no, not really, not at all. So it was a conscious decision to do that then. It wasn't I th- like, I think so. I mean, I just think that because I've been asked that before and I said, well, not really. I just, this is, this is how it is. And yeah. you have to, to roll with the changes to cro- to quote Ario Speedwagon. Right. So, <laughs> so even, though that you, you say you don't believe them in them you <laughs> you still don't throw out the shutout call do you well, or only is that... only only if it's the other team right okay so i, I did try in the waning seconds of the game versus vegas the other night mark andre flurry <laughs> had a shutout going i said right. you know, just in case right Didn't mark andre flurry is targeting his 63rd career shutout <laughs> tonight he's trying to shut out an opponent for the 63rd time enunciated uh, perfectly yeah, enunciate, yeah. yeah just so yeah. We're, just so we're clear you're right uh it, is it like are you still in kind of like pinch me mode from from doing what you do uh, do you think you'll ever get over no the fact that you no. are you know in this position it's 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 a it's a job i've dreamed of since i was 10 years old and right i will be grateful for it every single day and that's why i never want to let anybody down who is listening as fan or or otherwise and i never want to take it for granted so yeah. i don't think i think as, as long as i'm able to be in this job and in this career uh is the the entire length will be the honeymoon and yeah. that's that's how i go about it yeah yeah it's got to be great um it is kind of talking about the the job as far as legends obviously doc emmerich yeah. uh moved on i did not anticipate how much I would miss that guy. Like I, I thought I, I knew, um, but you know, players come and go then they retire and you know that you're going to get them for 10 to 15 years and, and that's it. But I think like announcers are, are different because they're there so much longer and they just become a part of it. And uh, if for him, it was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm missing those like Sunday afternoon when mm. he's just on in the background yeah. and the family's over for Italian dinner and it's he's just there. I, I didn't anticipate how much I would miss that. What I'm assuming you've met him being in. Yes. I have. So what just because I know, obviously, he's somebody that you look up to. I mean, everybody mm. does. What was what what is so great about him and what is it that you you kind of took from him? In, in doing what you do well i think and doc the the last time that i saw him was last season in pittsburgh of all places i mean <laughs> he's he's done pirates games right at uh yeah right there at pnc park and the uh the penguins abs was on uh nbcsn that night and he was calling the game and we were in the avalanche dressing room and he didn't have to but he came up to me and said hi and and we had met briefly, I think, the year before, 
and and he's he just he gave me a a very sweet compliment which he didn't have to do um and that's what i appreciate about people like that and joe sackick and they have all the right in the world to be on another level and and don't really necessarily have to associate with anybody right. else but they do right and that's what makes them so good and doc was the exact same way and i always loved his love for language i guess is that he found different ways to say things and weave things in and out it didn't seem forced and i, I don't like forced anything i like things as we've already established to be as organic as possible and that's what i always liked about doc he's prepared yes but he has a way to set up the moment and make every moment feel like a big one and he he does it with a smile and he really brings the joy to the game and that's one of the things that we love about hockey for whatever reason no matter when no matter what we all had an experience with the game of hockey that brought us so much joy and mm -hmm. i think your point about announcers and commentators is that they're the vessel that we ingest that game in most more often than not because not everyone gets to be a season ticket holder and go to 41 games a year but what are you doing for every single game you're watching you're listening and so for me growing up before i mean doc emmerich still with new jersey at that time before he started to to get more national games gary thorne would be a national voice when i hear gary thorne announce Huey croup score uh, I, I can I can hear that call right now over and over for the rest of the time. When I hear, you know, after 22 years, Raymond Bork. I mean, G Gary Thorne had the voice that I associated uh, with with big moments in hockey, obviously. And so I think for Doc Emmerich, the fact that he's able to, in a creative way, in an honest way, in a joyful way, bring us the game of hockey is is a talent that is God-given, and I, I think that he has really served the hockey audience well over the span of his career, and it's it's going to be really exciting to watch that documentary coming up yeah. this weekend uh, on NBC. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's this weekend, right? Is it? it yeah, yeah, Sunday, I believe, after Bruins and Flyers. And the Flyers. Okay, Yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah definitely looking forward to that. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, before we turn our attention specifically to the Avalanche, uh, do you not have like a fear of car horns and bus horns? Uh, <laughs> Kyle Keefe. Oh my God, man. I'm telling you, like if, <sighs> if, if th there's like an avalanche loss or something like that, and I just need to like lift my spirits up, I'll just go watch that. <laughs> you know, and a lot of people have said the exact same thing and I am willing and Moshe is the same way. We are yeah. willing to sacrifice ourselves and our oh dignity and our pride. <laughs> lift your day up. Uh, that what, what a stunt by Kyle Keefe. That was brilliant. Um, yeah, I mean, we, this is the second second last road game of the season. The, the the road trip was Vancouver, and then San Jose, and then L.A. And the Abs had just beaten the Sharks, and we were out in front of the bus, and we were doing our setup for Avalanche 360. And Kyle Keefe somehow snuck by. The bus driver is standing at the door to the bus. I don't know how Kyle got past him, but he did. And he did it so nonchalantly. And he sits down. He gets all settled in, which is the best part. And then just a, just a little honk that... Uh, that uh, made me lose about six years of my life. 
So kudos to Kyle Keith. That is the best part that that (laughs) we all knew it was coming. You know, it's not just like there's not just an angle of the bus, and even the viewer is shocked by it. (laughs) You just see him sit down and get this stupid grin, and it's it's. And he's he's one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. (laughs) Makes me belly laugh more often than not. Oh, he's great, and uh, just little things like that. He has he has a real talent for so. Kyle Keefe is the best. That's great. Um, all right. So kind of some avalanche spe- specific stuff. So b- before the season started and I was doing a lot of, uh, crossover shows with other hosts of other teams within the network. And I was always asked the question, you know, before a puck was even dropped is this season Stanley cup or bust for the avalanche. And I would always answer that. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, you know, the way that the team is constructed, like they're expected to, to win this thing. The way the season has gone, just roller coaster, COVID, and you know the different divisions, and not just for the Avalanche across the league, is that still a fair question to ask? I think it's a fair question to ask, but the reason that I would say no with an asterisk next to it is because of the fact that it's only a 56-game season. Because the way that the Avalanche are built um, – I think is definitely conducive to an 82 game season. So you would see, look, are they going to be a playoff team inside the West division? A hundred percent healthy. Are they likely the best team in the division? A hundred percent. That's why Vegas when making the odds hasn't wavered at all because they know the horses that are in the lineup and they know what the avalanche can do. And now with Philip Grubauer playing the way that he is, because how many people did you talk to? Where in the offseason, that was the question mark. Well, why didn't Joe Sackett go after a, a free agent goalie? It was one of the hottest goalie markets we'd seen in a long time. All of because, them. Every, every time I was asked. Exactly. Yes, every exactly single time. Exactly right. And Sackett knew that Grubauer had that first-round Calgary series and most of the San Jose series in him. And he's been playing like that. And for me, he satisfied that question and up and down the lineup. Look, you beat Vegas in Vegas, missing seven starters, including a backup netminder. Uh, that says a lot about your, your young team. I mean, the avalanche have used 11 defensemen so far yeah. this season, which is crazy. Only the Pittsburgh penguins have used 11 as well. So the, the fact that they're able to do this with, the COVID break with injuries is impressive. But I think when you're talking about avalanche construction, it's based on a regular season and that's 82 games. So yeah. that's why I say, look, if we, if we don't make it to the top of the peak this year, then it's okay because if God willing, everything goes according to plan, 82 game season, regular circumstances start in October. Right. And that's really when the avalanche can roll. Right. Yeah. There, there was a crazy stat they put on, uh, the screen and altitude uh the last game where it, it was the the defenseman who has the most consecutive games played for the yeah. avalanche right now is bo byram bo byram at yeah 10 games i think it was <laughs> yeah that's insane and that, it is insane but I, again the question mark when he hit that seven game mark is he gonna stay is he gonna go it was an easy yes for joe sackett chris mcfarland jared bednar because of the maturity that he showed because he didn't exactly you know pop onto the scene like Cam McCarr first goal first shot first yeah. NHL game he didn't have to do that it was the other parts of Bo Byram his responsibility his maturity his strength that he showed uh, that that enabled him to 
to to get into the lineup and be a mainstay. What did he play? Twenty five minutes versus yeah. Vegas. Yeah. Uh, and and you're 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 saying that and giving that vote of confidence to a nineteen year old kid, which which says just a, a whale of a lot about where Bo Byram is and where the Avalanche defensive core is right now, despite the fact that these are some top defensive prospects. And look, it's harder to learn the defensive position, I'm convinced, as a youngster than it is to be a forward. Anyone can, I'm not, not anybody, but you know, right. it's, it's more likely to throw an 18-year-old into a forward group. Look at Tim Stutzla in Ottawa, for example. Uh-huh. It's easier to do that and have them learn than, than have the extra responsibilities of being a defenseman. So I think that says a lot about where the Avalanche are now and where they could be. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, and the way defensemen play in today's hockey, it's a lot exactly. more offensive defense. So you're learning two positions, really. Right, if and, you think you, of it. and you literally have to cover 200 feet. I know we throw yeah. out the ridiculous 200-foot game cliche all the time. But it's true because yeah. you look at Shea Theodore for Vegas the other night. He's leading the charge. He's down low on the four check. And then what does he have to do? He has to get back and break up the odd man and rush the other way. And, and that's exactly what Kale McCarr does on a regular basis. Bowen Byron's been doing the same. And I could go on and on. But, yeah, yeah the, the role of today's defenseman is much different than it used to be. All right. Just want to do a really quick break in the action before we get back with Connor and let everybody know about rockauto.com. And rockauto.com, it's the family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us section so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, quick little break and right back to Connor McGahee. Uh, You just mentioned Camel Car, and I have been for the past couple weeks – uh, just just throwing it out there, just floating it out there to the, the listeners that uh, I'm kind of like leading a charge for him to get more recognition than just the Norris trophy, because I feel like mm. Norris is, you know, they throw that to the defenders and then, all right, let's focus on, you know, the, the forwards for things like the heart trophy, maybe not this year, but there's gotta be a heart trophy in Cal McCarr's future at some point in his career. Do you, disagree with that i i do not because i always i always tell people and this was my argument for nathan mckinnon last year and and always is for nathan mckinnon when it comes to the heart trophy what is the definition of the heart trophy right and that is the player who is most valuable to his team it's not the person who scores the most points it's not the person who scores the most goals there are there are trophies that already exist for both of those achievements and they're great when you when you when you when the Rocket Richard or the Art Ross, you were awarded for those uh, for those achievements. But you don't have to lead your team and lead the league in points in order to be the most valuable player. Now, Kale McCarr, despite the fact that he's been out a couple of games, is still second on the team in points behind Nathan McKinnon. Let that sink in for a second. <laughs> the points always come into it. But again, the entire game that we were just talking about, Kale McCarr has it all. They don't talk. Everyone likes to look at a, at a box score or a, or a stat sheet and say, well, he he had one and one tonight. 
He was a plus three and he played 25 and a half minutes. That's fine. But when you, you have to watch Kale McCarr. And that's what I'm convinced people did when they were voting for the Calder trophy last year, when it came down to Kale McCarr or Quinn Hughes, Hughes got a lot of his points on the power play. And, and while the points could have been similar, when you watched Kale McCarr play, it opened your eyes. It turned your head. You saw that he could actually lay a body check and a big one when he needed to. He's he's breaking up odd man rushes and he's going up against the best power forwards in the game and coming out of the corner with a puck. He's doing things that a 22 year old should not be able to do. And he's a big moment player and big moment players are the ones who win the Hart trophy. And I, I would say now the avalanche have been able to get some points, even with, even without him in the lineup, they, hmm. they get two last night, but I, it, I think that for Kale McCarr, when he is in the lineup, he makes such a huge difference that it would warrant a heart trophy recognition. So I, I, I think I'm with you. It's not yeah. the Norris is nice, but sure. The, the player who is most valuable to his team. And, it, and it's tough when you have Nathan McKinnon on your roster as well, because all the eyes are going to go there when you're talking about a superstar, but I don't think that's always going to be the case. I think that Kale McCarr, along with Nathan McKinnon, could always be in a Hart Trophy conversation. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got it in Edmonton right now Sure. B- between those two. But how do you fix it? Because if, if you don't give it to Nathan McKinnon for what he accomplished last year with the just the yeah. injuries up and down the lineup and him doing what he did and he doesn't get that award, how does it change to give it to a defender? Right. I, and And – that's a great question, and that's why you have to keep asking that to, to, to everyone who listens, everyone who mm. comes on as a guest, and say, look, and, and actually talk to people who vote on the trophy. I only get one vote, and that's for Jack Adams. That's for the coach of the year as okay. a member of the media, or a broadcast media, shall we say. But it would be interesting to, to actually ask those who the Professional Hockey Writers Association and actually ask, okay, well, what is preventing Kale McCarr from from making it on there? Because I don't I don't necessarily have an answer. I don't know how they think, but it would be interesting to see why they why they would or why they wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And then you know, talking about Nathan McKinnon, in our world, he is you know he he is the greatest thing on ice. Um, what is it that do you just get? I mean, you're in the know. Um, uh, why that yeah. <laughs> why i get i just get the feeling then and a lot of people that i talk to just get the vibes that yeah hockey people obviously know who he is but why does he not have that wider appeal that the connor mcdavid's do and the Sidney crosby's and alex ovechkin's do like he's not at that level in terms of uh you know outside of the rink it's interesting, isn't it? And I, I, I think that he's more along with with Sidney Crosby now because they have they have obviously taken to each other for a long time, having uh, similar upbringing upbringings from from that part of Canada. Mm. But when you when you talk about Alex Ovechkin and Connor McDavid, Ovechkin is known for what scoring goals. He's trying to chase down Gretzky for the most all time, and it. What has he got? 308 games left if if he continues his pace right now to try and catch 99. So he scores goals. He makes it on highlight reels. I I feel like every other night you're watching Connor McDavid pick the puck up in his defensive zone, go through neutral ice unscathed, and then deke and and throw a shot top shelf. He's a human highlight reel all the time. 
Uh, that's what he does. He puts out points without a doubt. He's mm-hmm. he's going to start chasing at the time of this recording. He's sitting on 499 career points mm-hmm. because they host the Winnipeg Jets. And, and he'll get there quicker than Nathan McKinnon did. M- McKinnon now at 510 points through 537 games played. Um, but I think McKinnon is more sneaky when it comes to his production i i've i've started to say a lot more recently that mckinnon is such a good playmaker and that is the underrated part of his game everyone wants to talk about his speed but maybe because he doesn't he doesn't slice and dice you like Connor mcdavid or alex ovechkin does that's why he doesn't get the recognition however we we brought up the fact on the tv and our radio broadcast last night that the combination of mckinnon and rantanen has tallied for the second most of a duo since 2017 behind right. Dreisaitl and McDavid. So I just think that playmaking is not as sexy as, as goal scoring because not everyone gets to watch it, but it's just as, if not more important. And oh, I think sure. McKinnon is a, is, is a marvelous, if not the better playmaker. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, you did mention Sidney Crosby. Mm. So I kind of, I got to bring this up. Uh, his name's getting thrown around and you know when, when <laughs> stuff like this happens you know darren Drager says one thing and- exactly and, and the masses just yeah. you know that's all we're going to be talking about now uh until it never happens but uh, could it could could uh you know i'm not going to get into you know what the deal could possibly be do you think if you know i guess do you think Sidney crosby will complete his career with one team yeah. Or if, I do. if you do, okay. I do. I, I mean, I, I just, we all know Sidney Crosby and, and it's not like he hasn't won in Pittsburgh, right? It's exactly. not like he's, it's not like he's Ray Bork and he's played his entire, that's, that's a great, that's a perfect example, isn't it? Is, yeah. is Ray Bork who spent his entire career with the Boston Bruins, but he just couldn't get there. He couldn't win the cup. So he was faced with a tough decision. Okay. Now what do I do? I, I, my, I want my name on the cup so bad. I'm one of the greatest defensemen to ever play the game, but everybody usually forgets you unless you've, yeah. you've reached the ultimate goal. And, and he, that's why he had to make the tough choice to leave Boston and come to Colorado. And he ended up winning a cup. Sidney right. Crosby doesn't have to do that. Sidney Crosby has done everything that he's needed to do. And he just, he strikes me as, as a loyal guy that doesn't see the need to, to leave there. He's, he's been the face of the franchise um, for what, 17 years now. Uh, Flurry was first overall selection in 03 and Crosby was a year later. So uh, I don't know. I just, I, I, it, it doesn't make me raise an eyebrow by, by any means. I just think that Sidney Crosby, as much as he's been ingrained in Pittsburgh as a member of the Penguins, I can't really see him going anywhere else because it's not like he needs to. It's true. And I had talked about this, uh, you know, a while ago, the, the fact that Ray Bork did what he did has mm-hmm. now kind of just like made avalanche fans like insatiable when it mm-hmm. comes to, Oh, there's a player on the market and they want to come to Colorado. It like it, whenever it's, I feel like there's a name, a big name that's out there. They're always associated with, the avalanche and i think it goes back to what you said like with ray bork mm-hmm. but it's different situations it's a very good point about crosby he's got nothing left to prove uh but if it was something where pittsburgh made the decision to move on from him which would be maybe a dumb decision if they ever mm. decided to do that um they got i, think, I mean they got a new management structure there exactly now Hextall and brian burke but right. then again knowing those two guys 
I mean, I mean, they, they know the history of the league. They know who the big players are. I can't imagine. Um, it, I can see Crosby taking less money Definitely. To, to, put, yeah. to put people around him to bring the Penguins back into a championship contender. I can see him doing that before them moving on from him. Yeah. I, I think that that would, that would be what all parties would probably agree to. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would think. So. Yeah. And, and like I said, I think because, you know, with the Ray Bork thing and even Peyton Manning, even Peyton Manning coming to the Broncos sure. and he had already won a championship, obviously. Uh, I think they like, and now, and, and, and everybody knows the relationship that Mick, Mick, um, Crosby and McKinnon have, mm. I think people are honing in on that and be like, <laughs> oh, they want to play together. And I'm sure they would like to, but maybe it's not feasible, but yeah, uh, I, 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 I just, I, I can't see it happening. It doesn't mean that it wouldn't, but I just, yeah. all the factors that are involved, I, I, I just don't see that Sidney Crosby has any reason uh, to leave Pittsburgh because he's, he's a natural born leader. He's been, the captain of that team since day one, really. And uh, I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't he have to be on the second line if he came yeah, to the well, avalanche? Totally, right. I mean, so look, it's, it's Sidney Crosby is it, between the two of them. I mean, Nathan McKinnon's your first line center and then, right. and then Crosby's your second line center that moves now some cadre down to his third line center, but he left Toronto to get, out of being a third line center because he belongs as a second line center. So <laughs> part, part of the job of a general manager and a coach is to put players in positions to perform the best. Um, yeah. Brandon Saad is the latest example of that. He's been put in a position uh, with, with a line that he has clicked with. And yeah. I just don't think that Nazem Kadri is, is supposed to be a third line center when I mean, look, would you love to have McKinnon, Crosby, and Kadri down the middle? Of course you would. Right. But I, I, again, this this is the real world, and it's not uh, it's not how the, the league used to be when it comes to, to how teams are built and how money is spent. Yeah. Uh, you, you touched on, you know, GMs, and obviously uh, the Avs have a, a good one, obviously, with Joe Sackick. Yes, they do. Uh, w- what's been – how has he been able to just have the Midas touch with – seemingly everything well it's it's him and i give a lot of credit to to chris mcfarland who's who's assistant gm speaking of the penguins yeah uh, pittsburgh got permission from the avalanche to interview chris mcfarland and i still think that that chris has the chops and should and will be a gm uh in this league because he is as sharp as they come uh he knows what to look for and he knows the business side he's able to do what i can't do look at a cap and a cap scenario for the team today and then do the same thing for four and five years down the road that mm-hmm. i mean it's not easy to do um when you're talking about how to balance things out and and where the money goes and who's do a huge raise and and all everything like that so the the two of them have worked so well together and to find uh ways to address needs without overpaying and that's why you know subtle free agent pickups um are 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 necessary and that's why i don't think that it's their style going back to that goalie conversation to go out and spend a a a ton of money for a guy like jacob markstrom uh i think that devon taves in that situation here's why that's a good example because they make a deal for kyle burrows who had been the captain there in in, uh for the sound tigers Mm. and i of course they're the affiliate of the new york islanders and i just i just think that they 
did the deal with the Islanders and they looked at the cap situation that they were in and they said, hold on a second, we could do something here and they're going to have to get rid of one of their guys. It's probably either going to be Taves or former DU pioneer Scott Mayfield. And it ended up being Devon Taves who fits perfectly with how the avalanche like to play, want to play. So what is he worth? And I think the two second round picks is great business especially he was an RFA, you're able to sign him to a four-year deal at $4 million per. And it's little things like that that I would never think to look at when you're doing a minor league deal that likely would lead to uh, acquiring a top D defensive pairing. So I, I think Joe Sackick has learned so much, obviously, from probably the best mentor out there, Pierre Lacroix. Yeah. And he's applied that to his real world experience, to his knowledge of the game. And, and like I said, the, the tandem of him and Chris McFarland has, has really been a match made in heaven. And, and does, in my impression of uh, Sackick and the, yeah, even McFarland is they have uh, a plan and it seems like they don't deviate from that plan right. no matter what, you know, with the whole Taylor Hall thing, uh, it seemed like they were interested, but they were not going to go above sure. this line and yeah, they part- stick to it. Yeah, you have to know your limits, right? We, we can do this, but we can't do this. And if you insist that we're, we do this, we're not going to do that. And I think that's hugely respectable, good business, and it, and it sets you up for success in the long run. It really does. Yeah. Um, moving into the injury department, uh, it, it, first of all, do you guys get nervous working in the booth that somehow the injury bug is going to find like creep, <laughs> creep its way up into where you guys are? Because uh, that's usually me on a regular day. I just <laughs> walk out the door and you know, likely to trip and you know break my you, nose or something. You're you're on those uh, viral videos of people just sliding down their driveways. <laughs> exactly. That's it, yeah. Sideways. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it's. I thought we were over this injury thing last year, but yeah. I mean, sometimes you just have to fight it off, and and I'm convinced that. Uh, that the team will be back healthy. And when that's the case, then the avalanche are, if not a contender, the contender. So yeah. it's not, it, it, there are some things you can't control. And I do think that's one of them. Exactly. And, and, you know, that's hockey. I mean, it's a, the most random game out there and, oh, and yeah. uh, it, none of these injuries, well, maybe a couple, I don't know what's going on with Francois, but um most of them are, are on the ice, freakish things like the Devon sure. Taves things just goes off his foot. That's well, going Belmore to happen. And Taves in the same and, game, right, right, right. That's going to happen. Um, but who has stepped up and and really impressed you so far of these guys that are kind of like you know the whole next man up mentality? Uh, who are who are some of the guys that when you're calling, like you know he he's really taking this opportunity and, and running with it. I will give you two names, one forward, one defenseman. Mm. The forward, Logan O'Connor, um, mm. who is skating style and speed wise. It's funny because I, we're calling road games off the monitor now, right? And so yeah. he's got the two in front and then it's a five. But there's some times where you could swear that it's that it's a nine. You know, his skating, <laughs> his speed. And I watched Logan O'Connor because he went to the University of Denver. Um, and I, I, I did his games at DU. And so I, I, I've seen him um when, when he started and all the way through and that's just been his bread and butter is his speed he will outwork you every single time and um that's got him in Cy Young territory right now two goals no assists <laughs> so far this season both of them coming against the uh the Minnesota Wild but I, I've really liked him and coach has said on on numerous occasions that he likes what Logan O'Connor can bring to 
not just a shift, but a period and, and a game overall, he can be a difference maker. Right. And then on the back end, Jacob McDonald. I'm yeah. so glad you said him. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> you, you and I, we have an understanding. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So why do you like him? Forget me. Why do you, why, <laughs> well, why do you like him? First of all, from like a fan standpoint, the fact that he was a fan uh, of the avalanche as a kid yeah. uh, and, and that picture he's got holding up the Jersey seemed like he opened it up at Christmas <laughs> night or something like that. But um, I, I don't like, I didn't really know much about him before he started playing in these, these few games. Uh, he's he, in my view of what I'm seeing, it's almost like he's like Matt Calvert version two. Like he doesn't stop and he, he doesn't do uh, silly things on the defensive end. He doesn't try to do too much. Uh, he just, he knows his skill set and he knows what he's supposed to do when he's out there and, and, you know, move the puck forward, get it to my playmakers and don't let anybody behind me. Or create scoring chances of your own too. Which he's doing, right. Which he's doing, which has been incredible. I mean, not just in these two Vegas games, but you go back to that last one versus Minnesota. uh, I mean, he led the team in shots with four for crying out loud. So, Mm. uh, I mean, for Jacob McDonald, he just played fearless, fearless and responsible at the same time. How hard of a combination is that to maintain? But I think that he's done that. And that's, I mean, again, a small piece of business that you would not notice, but it's a depth move. Dominic Toninato to the Florida Panthers, who is no longer with the Panthers. I think he's in Winnipeg, but McDonald coming the other way. And he's just been, I mean, he's just been solid as a rock. And what he played 19 minutes, 41 seconds, two nights ago. So look, he he scored his first NHL goal on his only shot leading up to this this (laughs) season. Um, And and again, you know, it's all downhill from there, right? Well, I don't exactly. That's why I say, look, Stop looking at box scores. Stop looking at stat sheets. Actually watch players play on the ice uh, because then you'll start to notice how they can make a difference. And again, the perfect example is Jacob McDonald. I think with all the injuries to defensemen, he's been marvelous. And even in the last game against Vegas, uh, who was it that got in a fight within like the first two minutes? Uh, Dennis Gilbert. Dennis Gilbert. And uh, Keegan Colasar. Yeah. And Gilbert was out the rest of the game because of that fight. And yeah. now you have, if you look at the, the roster, you know, if Kale McCarr was there and Gerard was there, it'd be like, okay, we, we can, we can overcome that. But you, you know, the, you look at who they had to play. And I, I was looking at McDonald and like, I, I got confidence in him. I sure. think he can take it over. And, and you say the same thing about Bowen Byram and uh-huh, yeah. you know, even Connor Timmons is out there on the PK in important minutes. So if we feel that way, it's good to see that Jared Bednar feels that way. And it's, and, and the players don't have a fear of being, you know, put in their room. You know what I mean? They're not, they're going to, you're going to make mistakes, but there's not a fear of being benched. And so that instills some calm and some confidence. I think that's important for young players. Yeah. Uh, One more on the team and then we'll get into some fun things. So uh, Uh, not that this isn't fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jared Bednar, you, you just mentioned him. Um, a lot of people calling for his head after one season, which was completely unfair. Yeah. Way Uh, unfair. Totally unfair. And whoever you are, rethink your life. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and has turned into, you know, maybe I'm biased, but definitely one of the best coaches in the league, in my opinion. Um, how how does, how does he do it? I mean, it seems like he has, he has the confidence. He said something in a post game, uh, press conference. I think it was after the one, nothing loss to Vegas where he, he just said like, I, uh, yeah, I think the question was asked of him, 
uh, with like overpassing and the team was overpassing. And he said, well, he goes, there are times where I think we do it, but I have confidence in my guys. So is that the, like the cohesiveness between players and coaches and that he, he just knows who he's got and he knows the talent that he has and he lets them go do their thing. And he's there to guide them along. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think the major factor in that is him coaching in the ECHL in South Carolina, uh, winning the Calder cup in the AHL, because when you're in those smaller leagues, uh, you're dealing with all sorts of players. And that's why I think that Jared Bennard can handle a rash of injuries the way that he can, because he's used to that. When you're in the minor leagues, guys are coming, guys are going. You don't have a set roster for the entire season ever. Mm-hmm. It just never happened. So um, his ability to, again, roll with the changes, cue the song, um, <laughs> it is, it has, has been one of his most valuable tools. And I think the ability to communicate with younger players and balance veteran players at the same time uh, makes a great coach in the national hockey league. And, and those are two skills that he has, he has, I think had from the beginning and, and sort of sprinkled some sunshine and water on and, and made grow. And that's why uh, you don't see really the avalanche go through a ton of slumps. I mean, look, they've, they've bounced back, every single game after a loss this season. What does that tell you? That tells you that the Avalanche are from the top down a resilient bunch. And that starts with the guy who's standing behind the bench. Yeah. And he even said, uh, someone asked him like, what communication have you had with the players during this COVID? He was like, (laughs) well, I don't need to talk. (laughs) Right. And, and when I heard that at first, I was like, that's really surprising. But then I thought about like how he, interacts that he doesn't need to like they're no. all it just seems like they're all on the same page right now and and when you, when you're trying to work no matter what you're doing if if you know that you have been hired for a job for a reason do you work better when someone is constantly calling and checking up on you or peering over your shoulder or do you work better when you say okay i'm here i know what i need to do i have a skill set to do this i'm gonna go ahead and do it the answer should be Yes, that's the case. Not when someone's, you know, trying to babysit you the whole time. And I think yeah. that's Jared Bednar's philosophy. And I think that players appreciate that. He's there when they need him. And he's yeah. not there when they don't need him. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of micromanagers. So yeah. that's, I don't yeah. think anybody uh, is. No. I don't you ever know. heard anyone say, you know what I really like? <laughs> I really like micromanagers. I'm really pro-micromanagers. There's probably a Facebook group of people who do like it, but <laughs> probably yeah, yeah. And just trying to figure out if it's tongue in cheek or not. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so like during your calls, you, you, you know, you have some great calls cause you incorporate like, you know, uh, pop culture and like social, not well, like movies and music and things like that. <laughs> yeah. I, and you know, you answered it earlier. Like, if that was, I don't know if that was a conscious thing, like, or you're just, you just like, movies and music and it just naturally comes into when you make a call yeah I, well i mean we that's how we all communicate i mean if you're yeah. with a group of friends and you know if you say i feel the need someone else <laughs> is gonna say the exactly. need for speed right that's just how you <laughs> communicate you know if you you know if if you say you know bye 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 everyone knows that you're talking about in sync it's just right. you there are certain things that we all communicate with that are part of pop culture movies and television so for me why should that stop when you enter like wh- wh- why 
why does that change when all of a sudden you're doing a radio broadcast? Right. I mean, for me, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be fun. So I, I can't, that's how I communicate to others. And I, I guess that's how I communicate the game of hockey as well. So what would be your top three movies of all time? I probably know one of them, but. Um, well, what's your guess? <clears throat> I'm thinking the Godfather. Oh, I mean, it's, 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 it's I don't love it as much as some other people. Because okay. I, I mean, I do have other things to do. I don't have that much time to you know, <laughs> sit down. Um, Top Gun is an all time favorite. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. So are you excited um, about the new one that was supposed I, to come out last year? Well, I, I've been looking for, you know, I was like, Hey, we should go see it in June. Okay. That's not going to happen. Hey, we right. should go see it in December. Okay. That's not <laughs> So it's been, it's had a lot of time to, to build up. Okay. Um, uh, love Top Gun quote, uh i'm just trying to think of most quoted movies caddyshack a lot okay Animal house um i mean i love oceans 11 uh, yeah that's an all-timer for me i mean the list are there actors oh, to, or like to, specific to, actors that you like like no matter what they're actors okay. yeah, whatever. <laughs> um it, the, the list is long but distinguished to quote <laughs> top gun um <laughs> of, uh, as far as movies go but yeah that's it just it it makes it more fun. And like yeah. I said, it's supposed to be fun, I think. And if, if I'm wrong, I would expect anyone to tell me, be like, look, you're kind of a dork. It's, it's too much. Tone it down. I just want the hockey. That'd be fine, too. I, I want whatever people want because this is their team. This is yeah. how they ingest the game. So if they, I, I trust them, if they don't like it, to tell me so, and then we'll make adjustments. But and, and until then, I'm just going to, you know, that's how yeah, I communicate. Exactly. And what about music? Like, are there certain bands you listen to day well, of, I mean, get you it, pumped up for anything or what? Not necessarily. I mean, when I was, put it this way, when I was doing my notes um, for the playoffs last year, I had the, the 100 most uh, calming classical songs of all time when i was oh, really? my notes so it's like i don't know i might my, my my itunes is is beyond eclectic i couldn't <laughs> even begin to describe it i got everything from bluegrass to, to wow classical to classic rock you name it so oh, wow it's all it's all, all right. in there it's all there all it's right all there, yeah. uh finally like you said earlier you, you were a kid when you decided this is what you wanted to do with the rest of your life mm-hmm. which you know that's congratulations on that because that's a, a difficult thing to you know say at that age like this is what i want to do and follow through with it so any advice you have for people out there that want to go down this route of of broadcasting um because it's not easy mm-hmm. and you know to make it to the big time uh takes time and dedication so so anything any words of advice for the would-be students out there I would just say, you know, you can create your own opportunities. I mean, everyone is, you know, it, they say, well, I don't have you know, a chance to do play by play here was well, maybe it's not necessarily play by play. I just, I've always said, say yes to any opportunity, no matter where it is. Is it an internship at a news station? Yeah. Go ahead and take it. Are you, I mean, I was, I wrote for, you know, for, for this and for that. I, I started at doing print stuff. I did a profile on, Alan Roach for the University of Denver paper back in the day. Um, I was in theater tech in high school where I learned uh, how audio and lights and set design and all that stuff worked. So all those skills can come back at some point to create an opportunity for you when it comes up. Say, yeah, I've done that. I know how to do that. Whether it's video editing, whether it's working with sound, whether it's, uh, you know, character voices, you name it. If you, if you see an opportunity, even if it's not, 
directly related to what you want to do, say yes to it. Because <laughs> the more that you do that, the more doors are going to open for you down the road. And the path is rarely straight towards <laughs> the goal. Sometimes it winds. In fact, all the time it does. But, but I find that if you say yes to more opportunities, the more likely it is that you're going to get to where you want to go. Awesome. Well, yeah, great words, man. Um, no, I really appreciate you uh, doing this. Are, are you doing, do you get to go to Lake Tahoe or, or uh, no? I do. Yes. Nice. Um, yes. So we will be, we will be rinkside at Lake Tahoe. Is that what those two little, like th- there's two almost like separate rooms. It seems like yeah, is, so is we that- are not there. We're actually, so like for, for the game at air force, um, we were on the glass. So we're, we were on the penalty box side. So just to the left of the penalty box, we're in a similar spot this time, time around. So okay, we're outside those two structures and we're right along the glass, uh, oh. there, there at the rink. So that, that makes the, the, the right-hand corner there a little tough. Uh, okay. but, uh, but we will, uh, we will make do. It's going to be, uh, a great experience. Uh, again, hopefully if all goes according to plan, there's a lot more hoops to jump through now and, and protocols and things that you have to do. But yeah, if, if everything lines up, we should be there for the game, uh, coming up at one o'clock mountain on Saturday. Oh, that's going to be, uh, something to watch. Yeah. It's going to be great. So, uh thank you so so much for doing this and uh my pleasure i mean honestly anytime please let me know it's it's easy to do i'm gonna hold you to that because if you come back again then i can use friend of the show connor (laughs) mcgahee hey i was a friend before (laughs) uh yeah i appreciate it so uh thanks again man all right we will be right back so there you have it everyone connor mcgahee uh that distinct voice and it, it's, it was a little bit surreal to me to have him on the show. Uh, starting this thing a little over maybe a year and a half ago to having him on the show was uh, so far the highlight for me. So, uh, I'm not going to keep anybody any longer because this is going a little bit uh, longer than normal. But uh, tomorrow we'll be back with the final show for the week and kind of break down the conversation. So that's how we'll do this. The whole interview out there right now that you just listened to and tomorrow we'll kind of get into the specifics of it so hope you enjoyed that i know that i definitely did uh and and he opened the door to come back and i am not going to close that so uh count on Connor mcgahee being back on the locked on avalanche podcast sometime in the future maybe we'll wait i don't want to i want to overload him and say like hey come back tomorrow uh because i'm on the verge of doing that but i would never Maybe like the end of the year, kind of get like a year in review with him. That would be fantastic. So, um, yeah, awesome, awesome time. Thank you again to Connor for coming on. And that's going to be it for today, everybody. Get a hold of me on social media outlets or send me emails. Let me know what you think. Uh, anything that he said that kind of piqued your interest, send it my way. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Here's Jovi.